Hello, everybody, and welcome to. Do I need school to be? I'm Alex, and I'm going to sit down and have great conversations with people because we're all diverse. We're all different. We all have different ways of learning, and I want to ask people how they learned to do the things they do. Yeah, sounds random. Sounds fun. I hope it does because here we go. Hey friend, welcome to episode 35 of the podcast. I know it feels like a big number, but I've had a blast doing it, so here I am still. Um, today's conversation with with Carolina Cristalo. She is an international student who just graduated from the Willem de Koenig Academy. We recorded this episode, I think, in May June, when we were both still doing our programs at the Willem de Koenig in graphic design. We took we have been we have known each other for the past four years since we did the same. Um, major not minor major and yeah we, we we're going to be talking about our experiences we had completely different ones both positive just in our own ways and she'll be talking to us about what it's like to be a pal meaning working for the university she will go in deeper into detail about that and about what her inspirations are what her practice was why she decided to do her graduation project which i thoroughly recommend because it's extremely interesting not only if you come from, from rotterdam but for any creative that wants to know how they can have an impact on societal issues. So I'm going to stop talking. Here's my conversation with Carolina Cristalo. By the way, dear audience, so welcome to today's episode. It's going to be a really fun one, a really special one, because for once I'm not recording in my house. I'm recording <laughs> in the Willem de Koenig Academy in Rotterdam in their brand new podcasting room, which has Rode microphones, my dream microphone. Rode, if you're listening and you would like to send me one, <laughs> I will do it. And also with the Rodecaster, my dream tool. And here's the fun part. Oh, so cringe. <laughs> Why? I think it's cool. We can have... It reminds me of like American TV shows, you know, like the one that's are live and they have the live audience. Oh, I kind of yeah. resent them in a way. To me, they are a bit too cringy. Yeah, it's like that joke was not funny, but somebody's laughing at it. So yeah, let's all it's laugh. like they have this neon sign probably that says like, like laugh. applause, yeah. laugh, <laughs> like laugh hysterically or something. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, here we are today. It's a very special episode. I am very excited because I'm here with the beautiful Carolina. Yay, Carolina is here. Hello. So we we are actually classmates. We'll well, yeah, we're in the same, well, we're not in the same group. So we both go to the Willem de Koenig Academy and we're yeah. in our final year. Yes, final year of graphic design, but we are in different classes, let's say. Yeah. Remember when we started, we were like 90? Yeah, no, I don't think 90, 80 something. We were three classes. There were so many people. And actually now they're the same number and they, yeah, a lot of new people coming in and they're really planning a big expansion of the school also, if you heard about it, because people keep coming. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually... It's it doesn't got, stop. <laughs> it's actually going to be combined with code arts, which is the... What would you call code arts? I mean, it's... I call it circus school, but I know it's that's... It's more than that, actually. Yeah, it's, 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 way, uh, it's performance. Yeah, like, uh, I think they do uh, indeed circus, I think... Uh, dancing, theater, uh, also set design. I think it but, is. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's be here on the show in this moment. We're we're in the moment. I love this microphone. So yeah, Carolina, please tell the audience who you are and what you're currently working on. Okay, so uh, 
Hello, everyone listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm Carolina and uh, I am from Italy. And I've been studying here for four years with Alex, graphic design, and I'm doing a, a minor in social practices at the moment uh, that is called cultural diversity. And yeah, at this moment, I'm working on my graduation project, which is a self-published magazine about uh, gentrification and the role of creatives actually in this phenomenon. And uh, at this moment, I'm still in the research phase. So it means that I'm doing a lot of interviews with uh, different collectives, but also local designers, local uh, citizens of Rotterdam, because I'm yeah, mainly basing my research in the west of Rotterdam. So yeah, and uh, everything is coming together really nicely. Um, I'm really happy with the results and I've been learning so much from these people. And yeah, being a creative myself, uh, I wanted to be aware of what was my position in this situation, which can be a bit controversial at times uh, and can have indeed a lot of privileges, uh, um, like especially being an international design student myself and studying at this academy, you uh, take a lot of things for granted that most for example, families or people living in gentrified neighborhoods can really have. So yeah, I'm investigating that. And uh, my main fields of interest might be uh, publishing. Uh, my external partner at this moment, it's my ex-internship place that is called Printroom. It is uh, a like a publishing platform, archive, bookstore, and rezo printing workspace. So they do a bit of everything. They take part in a lot of different events in Netherlands and outside the Netherlands, art book fairs, everything uh, printed, you name it, they're there. <laughs> so, And they're really well known in the academy, but also in Rotterdam. And they mainly work with uh, local designers, but also do residencies with uh, international artists. So that is what I'm doing now. <laughs> they will be linked in the show notes, by the way. It's, oh, this nice. is kind of the things that we <laughs> link in the show notes. to like give them a little visibility and so people can see like, oh, you're mentioning this. I'm going to, I like to make them really interactive that you can go yeah. and see like, oh, this is what she's talking about. It looks really cool because... Podcast is mostly an auditory medium, mm -hmm. so let's make it also visual. Let's interact. I yeah. I love your 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 point of view on this. Um, like I'm mean, going to be very controversial right now. I yeah. think there is nothing wrong with having privilege. The problem is when you're not aware of it and you're not using yes, it. That's what to help others, and you're clearly using yours to raise awareness and to combat a situation that you realized because of your position that it's wrong and that you have the power to change it. Yes, I. Uh, let's say while I was doing my interviews and I was going to uh, also local collectives that are uh, living these experiences in first person, uh, I kind of felt that w there was indeed a distance between me and them and that I was indeed privileged. And uh, at first I was in denial because I also had uh, like issues related to this uh, phenomenon of gentrification especially in the housing uh, department, the housing field, the housing crisis. Uh, I've had really terrible experiences. So, uh, yeah, I can, 
I can give my own testimony on that, but in some other, uh, like I haven't seen the change, for example, throughout a long period of time, for example, and they did. So, yeah, like I'm not, I don't consider myself local. So uh, that's why I want to also talk to them and see what are their experiences. Because, yeah, I can just give my own perspective and sometimes it is kind of biased <laughs> and that's that's a, that's a very key aspect i don't think it's talked about much in the artistic field mm-hmm. um since many times focuses on autonomous designers who tell about their own story from their own experience there's also a key aspect to research it's a key aspect to be like it's my perspective on this topic the one that i want to talk about or do I want to amplify another voice from somebody that's maybe completely different from me mm-hmm. to take that stand? I think it's really powerful what you're doing. Yes, for me, it's important to have both perspective uh, because I think uh, making public also your embodied knowledge in the situation is important because then people who, for example, are reading my magazine can understand where I'm coming from and how I approached these collectives or designers that have a completely different or in some ways similar embodied knowledge. So, and it's extremely tricky also to interact with them at times. At first, it can be really awkward uh, because they see you as like a stranger and uh, that is kind of disrupting uh, the, the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, like they can become indeed really suspicious, like, oh, like another uh, art design student trying to investigate uh, the neighborhood where a lower income family lives. And then she's going uh, away and just use us. That's not really what I want to do. It's not not my goal. I want to create awareness from my point of view, but also from theirs and see in which ways they collide, but also they differentiate from each other. And that's a key point of trust. It's a, it's a process of creating trust. And in my personal opinion, the best way to create trust with somebody is coming with your vulnerable, authentic self and not being like, I am, I'm, I'm doing things with my hands. Like I am up here, I'm the <laughs> designer and you're down here because I'm studying you. It's not scientific. It's, it's human research. Yeah. It's two humans having a conversation and Sometimes we forget about that, that we're humans interacting with each other. And it's not just like you're a, an, an art student with a mask on who's better than me. It's not, it's your person, you're an actual yeah, human like being. Before actually maybe asking for interviews, uh, it's not that I just go there and be like, listen, I'm doing a research. Uh, do you want to ask her some questions? No, I try to like connect on a personal level in a way, like to get to know who they are. And also I present myself and have a chat and meet up and yeah, like build some common trust, like you said. I think it's really important. But there were times that I forgot about it while I was writing my thesis. Uh, I saw this work uh, as needing to be really academic kind of research and I forgot uh, like uh, the way that I prefer or like doing research, which is actually just talking normally with people and see what happens. But with all this pressure on myself, I felt like I really had to be objective and 
that was really clashing with me, my personality, my behavior, and also my minor. It's not really about that. And I'm kind of uh, like now distancing myself from this kind of research and doing what I like most. Yeah, finding your positioning and being like, I'm a very human person. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird how we're all humans. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So to carry on, like, how did you get here to these realizations? How did you find that there was this was your design practice that you wanted to choose? Or let's call it practice. You can also correct me. How how did you get here? Because you, like you told us, and I know because I know you, that uh, you're now you're doing your graduation project. But yeah. how did you get to move to Rotterdam? What were your influences? Like how? Let's let's go back couple years maybe more than a couple of years I, mean, I don't know maybe, maybe you want to go to preconception you want to tell us how your parents met maybe that's also relevant we don't know <laughs> how did you get here let's go back to my high school <laughs> I love so uh i was in my third year and i had this idea in my head that i uh, wanted to go study abroad because i was already uh, starting to be a bit conflicted with what I wanted to do after high school. There's this really high pressure, especially when you're uh, in Italy, we have this kind of uh, different types of high school and I did an art school. And a really common saying is that after finishing art school, uh, your diploma is useless, even though you did uh, all the normal subjects and studies as other art school, but still uh, people think uh, you need like... Uh, Uh, another diploma uh, from a university or from an academy. So uh, I started to think, uh, what were my options at that time? And they were mm, down to two. And one was try to uh, study abroad, for example. And uh, still, I was a bit unsure where to go. Or I would have tried to take a test, really, really difficult test, Um, to go study at the Politecnico in Milan, where some of my friends uh, are actually studying. But there, uh, let's say, education is a bit more technical and like university level, it's really, really difficult. And the test was really, really scary. And I thought um, that I was not going to pass it and I would have to take it so many times that I would have lost also a lot of time not studying. And that was also what I didn't want to do. So, yeah, I met this guy in my high school, uh, Francesco Poni, which I uh, say hi to. Um, he uh, was graduating from high school that year and we had like a common teacher uh, from like our design uh, subjects. Uh, and he told me, oh, if you'd like to continue studying design, you should to check out Rotterdam because that is where I'm going. Or Yeah, I think you went to Amsterdam then in the end. And I was like, okay, um, I will try to look what kind of academies there are uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, but I also kind of knew Rotterdam from my previous studies since it's really like famous for uh, its architecture and uh, interior designers since I was, it, that is what I was studying at the time. So uh, I did some online research and I found the Willem de Koning Academy And it was 2016, so yeah, a long time ago. And I thought uh, that there was an open day in November. So I asked my family um, if we could go and take a look because during that time I also had a holiday in my high school. So it was really perfect timing. I came here and I was 
mesmerized. <laughs> I was so uh <laughs> to feel in the Kuning Academy where it's not so theoretical, it's really practical and it has a lot of different stations and it was something I've never seen before. Even by the way, this episode is not sponsored by the Willem the Koenig Academy, but if they would like to sponsor it, I am very <laughs> happy to accept that. Uh, I was really surprised but the smallest things like computers we didn't have such thing in my high school i never used a computer in my high school wait what uh, yeah like we were not allowed to use computers like i was doing art school and i was doing technical drawings oh so it was very uh, uh, i'm sorry i like I, i was so shocked for a second but now i get it you did very analog work then Yeah, like I don't know if you remember, but in the first I think semester I was not using a computer. I didn't own one. That's so dr- I remember like oh my god, this is taking me back. I remember I I don't know if you asked me or you asked somebody around me about all the programs that we had to learn and we started and and you went and asked about the um the skills labs because a lot of people come to the academy without knowing having to yeah. add like a basic level of Photoshop. It's like mm-hmm. making memes. And the Academy also offers skills labs in which you go and you take an intensive two hours to learn about Photoshop and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I know. So that, is, that was me probably. <laughs> so your high school was very, very analog. And honestly, you really guys... Really analog. I mean, I had the chance to do a, let's say, workshop to learn how to use AutoCAD, which is a technical drawing software. And in that, I'm really... Sc- I think I'm pretty skilled, but it's it works completely different from the Adobe softwares. And I I mean, I kind of knew what Photoshop was, but I had no idea about InDesign uh, or Illustrator. So I really had to learn everything from zero. Like I did my uh, entrance uh, presentation or, uh, yeah, like um, like assignment, you know, when you... Uh, when you When people decide if you can get in or not, I oh your home assignment yeah my home assignment I did the presentation on PowerPoint because that's all I knew that that I didn't know anything better that's so vintage yeah but I oh my god when I was young I had I used to have so much fun with PowerPoint I would make animations on PowerPoint oh that's so fun little stories of like animals and stuff. And then I can I can just imagine the clash that you got when we uh, pre- like our my previous guest Ahmed he's actually full digital yeah and well and I think we we talked about it also in a previous episode um with my guest Mark Seuss and about how when you enter art art school many mm-hmm. people leave their art academy or high school being the best in their class and then they're shocked when they get to an environment in which everybody's great and everybody yeah. has a very diverse skill level. Yeah, I was indeed really, really shocked. Like, uh, let, let's say <laughs> I finished high school with a really good grade. And I was skilled at uh, anything analog that had to do with technical drawing. So really precise with liners, rulers. I knew how to use AutoCAD. So anything interior designer and a bit of like architecture <laughs> knowledge, that was my thing. And Actually, I didn't even know really in depth what was what graphic design was. I kind of discovered it here, and it's still a mystery 
to understand how I got <laughs> into this academy. But I think they saw in a way I presented my work that there was some kind of like eye for composition or something. Uh, so yeah, their email was basically, you got in just because of that and not because of your home assignment. It was like, yeah, I'm happy, but still... <laughs> Dude, not my, 100%. <laughs> mine was kind of the same. Mine was, we don't like your portfolio at all, but your interview <laughs> was really good. Your in, we like what you said in your inter interviews. So we're going to give you a shot. My yeah. sister actually just got into the academy. She's going to start in end of August. Oh, which department? Audiovisual oh, design. Oh, and I helped her make her portfolio. Mm -hmm. because I, I knew more or less like I didn't help her in the sense that I did anything for her I was like okay if you want to do something like this they're not gonna like that as much if you like spin it yeah you you kind of know what they are looking for yeah and like she wanted to make very finished things I was like just do a couple experiments <laughs> like she took one of those uh, plastic Christmas ornaments mm -hmm. and put a GoPro in it and just like rolled it around to see how she could create movement with the camera and they loved that so It, it's about that. It's about like building up, building yourself up and presenting yourself in the best way possible. And knowing that you don't have to be a particular type of, you don't have to be a digital artist. You can also be fully analog. And art schools are very diverse places. Yeah, I think they're looking for a really open and experimental approach because, yeah, I mean, skills are good, but if you are really strict and set on them and they don't see that you're willing to learn something else i don't think they appreciate that yeah also because you can learn a skill but changing a mindset it's way it's way more difficult yeah well but i'm so happy that you're here and that you're making the great work that you're making and can we talk about a little bit about your teachers like how how have you been shaped because you left your art high school with very good grades and sounds mm -hmm. like you had a very hands-on because you're using your hands maybe that's wrong to say <laughs> but yeah like let's talk a little bit about your teachers like when you're making something like let's say now your graduation project mm -hmm. whose voice in the back of your head like who can you is it for a good reason for a bad reason like take us there I had so many teachers uh, that I liked and I hated <laughs> throughout my education it is a love-hate relationship really Oh, by the way, teacher, yeah. yeah, teacher can also be a book. I mean, it can also be a book, a movie. It's an experience. Um, some people like find nature to be their teacher and how nature processes life, and they apply that into their work. Mm -hmm. I've I've heard that too. So it's a very broad, but it can also be humans. It can also be people, <laughs> persons. Okay, so um, I think uh, when I think about teachers who inspired me um the first that comes to mind was a high school teacher now she's in she's retired she has retired uh after i graduated so we were uh her last class oh and we had her for three years so three out of five years of high school what's her name uh tiziana macelli <laughs> it's a really funny name because <laughs> um The last name uh, means like butchers. I love when last names <laughs> mean shit. I, I, I love it. So for a teacher, it's... So yeah, this teacher, um, she is. She was quite an old teacher. And sometimes she would be like 
a real bitch. <laughs> I love me an old bird, but uh, yeah, they can be bitchy. They, uh, the entire class really had, um, I would put hate first and then love second. Um, because, I mean, she would really care a lot about us. But in a really strict way, I think she was really old school <laughs> kind of teacher. But still, like, she would always uh, propose all kinds of activities to make us go out of our comf comfort zones. I've been to, like, um, like a reunion of uh, pro-Europe people because I wrote an essay about it when I was small and I didn't understand anything about politics. And I was like, yeah, like, if you're interested, just go to this place and... Like for three days uh, <laughs> reunion uh, on the lake. And I was like, okay, all right. Like I had fun. I didn't understand anything. But still, like she was really pushing up us to do like, I don't know, things we could have never done. Or she was organizing uh, activities with the municipalities like tours or like um, she was a really big fan of cinema. So we would go to the cinema and the theater in the city quite often. And uh, she really um, encouraged not just uh, studying from like a book or um, yeah, like sit down and just uh, listen to what the teacher is saying and then like throw it out back to her. Uh, she really wanted us to have like a hands-on experience. So if we studied like a book, we would go to see a movie about it or like a theater performance. And then like that would uh, remain a bit more stuck in our mind and we actually could understand it more. So yeah, I kind of liked her for this because I think the other teachers were more like, you have a book, you have to study this and that's it. And those are the subjects I forgot about. And by the way, she was teaching Italian history, literature, and also like, uh, I don't know, like we would read the newspaper. So we would talk about something that the things that were happening like daily or weekly. So yeah, she wanted to make us aware of what was happening, even though at that time, I think we were really young and couldn't really understand the beneficial like aspects of it she was yeah she was extremely inspiring uh, but I understood that maybe later and that happens with so many things for me like at first I hate everything I, I tend to complain a lot but then maybe after a couple years or more I'll be like oh actually uh, she was really caring and she just wanted the best for me and I kind of now interiorize her thought, uh, the way she taught me, and she kind of made me a better person <laughs> in a way. I love that, and I think that is uh, to me a true teacher. In my in my humble opinion, it's. I think many times we think that teachers are the people who just like pour knowledge into our brains. Mm -hmm. Like it's their job is to facilitate the idea of memorizing, mm -hmm. but it's also their job to put like or not their job the good ones see it's a part of their job to put their students in uncomfortable positions yeah to give them new experiences and tell them like that's what you did or what that's what you had and yeah and sometimes you don't realize how good things are until you look back it's like you're suffering in the gym and then you're like oh but I feel very fit now look at me <laughs> yeah. you have a very fit brain 
And how are you trans? Do you think that influenced the way that you teach? Because you recently put your toe into the teaching pool. Yes, <laughs> I mean your teaching, own workshops. Uh, um, yeah, so I will explain a bit what I'm also doing on the side of my graduation. I am a, a pal slash student assistant at the um, publication station, m more specifically in the printmaking studio because the other side I'm, I'm not really skilled at. Let's talk a little bit about what a PAL is, because the I think it's it's a really cool concept in the academy. It is. <laughs> so we have different types of, so for people who are interested in the academy, because we talked about the stations and because they're not sponsoring this episode, but I think it's valid to talk about this part of the education, mm -hmm. you have different adults or supervisors in the academy. Yes. We have teachers and we have station tutors. Yeah, yeah, station tutors, or yeah, I just call them instructors. Instructors, tutors, Let, let's go with instructors. Yeah, yeah, because they're really like hands-on, like some of them are just instructors, and they give like really practical um, workshop station skills, while others, I will call them like tutors or teachers, because they also like big give a bit of like theory uh, backup. Yeah, some of them just watch out for you to make sure that you don't hurt yourself, like in the metal station and yeah. the, the wood station. Just like don't die, but don't cut a finger off. Yes, but I am. I'm, I'm gonna say this like this: I will go to war for no. I will go to war for Nora from the wood station. She's amazing. She has helped me so many times because, yeah, I'm a graphic designer, so the wood mm -hmm. station is not my domain. Yeah, and just looking at me, letting me do things wrong, and then be like, okay, this is the way that you do it right. I wanted you to get the experience and how mm -hmm. not to do it, and now you're going to do it right. Yeah, I, I think, like, printmaking studio is not as dangerous. <laughs> I mean, some dangerous things could happen. For example, you can start a fire. We didn't start <laughs> a fire. I almost did, but that was a while ago, and I, I really learned from that. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like a PAL uh, stands for Peer Assisted Learning. And uh, it is students mainly from the third and fourth year. So students ha that have a bit more knowledge than first and second years that already are doing their practices. And also they're graduating on their just studying for their major. And they help other students with anything by giving their own expertise so for example uh, I can help anything with anything printed so it can be silk screen rezo plotter laser cutter for the love of god people don't put plastic in the rezo printer <laughs> no. it will not work the ink needs to be absorbed you have no idea how many times I've seen people trying to rezo print on a transparent paper yeah. it's not gonna work it, the machine is going to get stuck That's why God made silk screening. Yes, silk screening or vinyls. Oh, vinyls. Or if you want to print on transparent paper, use the Canon in the print yeah. studio. Yeah. Please. <laughs> For the love. I can't say it enough, but we, I mean, I've never seen that happen since I'm there because we keep like close eye to what they use or, yeah, like. Um, there's two types of students using the Reason machine and they're either like really skilled and they know what they're doing or they just come to you and ask questions just to make sure. 
Hey friend, it's Alex, just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And yeah, it supports the show. It will improve the algorithm for you. So it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like. And if you wish to support the show, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes as well as a link to buy me a coffee, which yeah will help pay for the hosting and i also love coffee but enough of my babble let's get back to the show uh pals are not just there to uh be like assistants on like practical level uh but they can also help you with assignments so for example if you have problems with theory or with concept developing of something you can i don't know message uh, us like the entire team there's one in every station so you can message us through our school email with your concerns and we can book an appointment and help you sure. not a lot of people know this and uh, yeah i uh, i sometimes like put myself out there and be like oh if you're struggling also with the design assignment like i can be like some kind of counselor because it's my job Shout out to the pals doing more Shout than people think pals. that they can do. Shout out to the pals. Let's let's clap for the pals all together. <laughs> Yay! Which is different from a student assistant. A student assistant is uh, strictly helping for uh, with the station machines or like workflows. So, In, so one is more one one is more holistic and the other one is more technical focused. Maybe we could say it that way. Yeah, but I I do everything to be honest. Like uh, normally I would be more of a student assistant, but that is because people don't know that I'm also there to help them, like holistically, like you said. Nice. Well, now let's hope that they know and they learn that because it's really yes, it's really worth it. It is worth it because I think um, we were also talking with teachers about um, uh, this moment being really like the stations are really empty and students don't show up. They avoid feedback moments because I think sometimes they feel a bit intimidated. Do you think it has anything to do with COVID and the fact that we have been yeah, not yeah, using the big, stations for a couple of years? Yeah, yeah. A big part is because of that. And I lived... Uh, this thing in first person uh, I completely missed the station for two years I think or yeah one, one year and a half and after that I became a pal which was <laughs> also really interesting um, a full 180 one would say yeah yeah like I I don't know I didn't really feel comfortable going I was in my uh, in my bubble in my house and it wasn't the greatest time of my life uh, the lockdown lockdown because in Netherlands it wasn't really full lockdown ever uh, but still it had an impact on students and now they're they would rather not go and meet or find themselves in social situations while it's really the only way to learn and that's why you're here why you decided to come to this academy to exchange uh, really meaningful conversations and If you don't feel like doing that with a teacher or you feel a bit intimidated because they're adults, they're professionals, pals are there for you because they're students and they know what you're going through. They had also their issues. I had so many problems with my education, peer pressure, everything, you name it. And I can 
yeah, we can uh, help you deal with that. I think this is a beautiful segue actually into the future of education mm-hmm. because a lot of people think that the future is going to be like full on technology. We think it's going to be implementing the, the, like using the internet more than anything. And yeah, because we can learn so many things on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen in the future? Yeah. Where do you think it's going to go? Where do you think we are? What do you think really technology will take over? I mean, during COVID, we saw how technology actually had some negative effects on people. I saw it uh, with my sister uh, trying to graduate online, and there was hell. <laughs> like um, you can't you can't learn the same way online, and uh, compared to the experience of being in a classroom with your uh, classmates, with the teacher. With uh, or learning in the stations, uh, doing something together, or just come by and say hi and just have human interaction. Uh, it kind of pushes you to learn more. Uh, it um, really inspires you. It's also what I saw in myself changing from the time that we had online education or like le- lessons on Teams. Uh, and between that time and also when we came back to school like I became much more productive like before uh, I was I'm still a really big procrastinator but during lockdown uh, uh, at in during the pandemic that really became a big issue I was not producing I was really unmotivated to do anything while just seeing someone now at this moment or Uh, just working or having a chat with a teacher or with a peer student can really like, I don't know, uh, give me so many inputs. And I think, yeah, I really hope that the future won't be just all like uh, students sitting down in front of a laptop and having lessons on Teams again. Because it's just, I don't think it works. Yeah, you're missing the experiential aspect of it. Yeah. It's it's the fact that when you arrive to the wood station or to the metal station or even to the publication station, the the smells, the sounds, the changes in temperature. Like you, we experience the world through more than just our eyes and our ears. Mm-hmm. We experience the world with our entire bodies and our entire senses. And really like the online experience, it's it's visual and it's auditory. Yeah. And that's it. And I don't know, like, after uh, coming back to school, like, just becoming a pal, like, at first I was extremely anxious to start because I haven't had so many interactions. Like, I had to be, like, one-on-one with a lot of students. That was extremely uh, um, anxious, an anxious uh, situation for me. But then I kind of found the beauty in it. And now... Being alone, uh, it really brings me back to uh, like lockdown uh, feeling, and I, I can't, I can't even work at home because wow, yeah, it's I, I know I will have so many distractions. I will procrastinate while being here. I'm so so much productive and yeah, yeah. task oriented. You say you're here. I'm gonna take advantage of it because you know what it's like not to have it. Yeah, and now you have, it and you're gonna use that opportunity. Yes, I wish also I could get compensated with like two plus year of using the stations because I miss so much of that. 
But now I know we have one year we can come by and use the stations. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. I didn't know that. I, I asked because it was kind of like, you know. Is it for everybody uh, or just for pals? No, it's for everybody. You oh, get like wow. a pass or something. You cannot use them like um, infinitely. <laughs> like there are some limits in that. Mm -hmm. But still, like that's pretty amazing because hey, 3D printing is expensive. If I can come and use the 3D printers or the laser cutters and yeah. stuff like that, I will. That Damn. was one of the, my worst worries uh, of after graduation because I would like to keep creating, but. Yeah, I don't have oftentimes the means to do that. Uh, to commission a work outside, it can be extremely expensive for a newly graduated student. For example, yeah, like to print more than one Rizzo publication, like, I don't know, an edition of 100 or 50 even can be more than a thousand euros. It's Jesus. a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money for a student. And... Uh, And people like people should be compensated for their work, yes. But also, <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah, but also let's remember that money is doesn't appear from out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And if you're a freshly graduate student, still figuring out, you have like money constraints. I think that not often enough we talk about the uh, the financial aspects mm -hmm. of education. It's like we pay tuition to be here, and yeah. if you're not from the EU, your tuition is actually a lot higher than for us European students. Yes, tuition, rent, and then of course food and materials. Materials, students. Um, they really struggle with money and I think we should have a pal for the financial side as well the, a pal for the business station a you mean for, a pal, <laughs> no, I, no I mean not specifically for the business station but somebody that can help you figure that stuff out so for example if mm -hmm. I were to be a pal for the first year now and they were doing a zero tell them use newspaper just get one like get a stack of newspapers like from the ones that cost like two euros glue them together to make an A0. Yeah, that can be a really interesting idea, like to make a website or something for like students, for like materials or like really smart solutions for new students. So yeah. they don't just spend hundreds of euros, I don't know, uh, in paper or silkscreen mediums or something yeah yeah really it's like you don't need to buy a pot of silkscreen for yourself you can divide it because it really lasts so you can divide it between other people or you can make it at home or you can make it at home yes <laughs> thank you so much Carolina, for being here i think it was a, a great one i hope you had fun too i had a lot of fun and this room is amazing like and it, it's really inspiring it makes you want to get interviewed and yeah. interview people and time flew by to be honest yeah we have been here for 50 minutes i mean it's really i told you it's gonna be fun i know you were a bit worried about doing this but hey hey, hey. <laughs> yay wait yay, yay. <laughs> well so now uh, this is a spot for you to promote yourself is there anything you would like to oh wait before that is there anything you would like to recommend to other creatives to uh, people coming into art school leaving art school what would you like to recommend um i would like to recommend It might sound like super basic, but try to stick to what you like and to be yourself. Because when I started, um, I was really um, pushed to adapt 
to other people. I was really intimidated by all the kind of skills that others had. And I kind of tried to imitate them in a way. But that didn't really make me happy. Until I realized that I, I'm a different person. And I work in a completely different way from them. So really try to look for your own path. And don't be... Uh, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Forget about competition. It's such a toxic mindset. So just make what makes you happy and don't think about other people. And as long as you're doing it and you're fine and you're having fun and you're learning something uh, valuable, that's all that matters. That's amazing. That's a, such a pure thought. I love yes. it. Yes, <laughs> that's that's simple, but still, like I think everyone should do, should to think this way. Everybody should hear that every single day. Yes, yes. So now it's uh, time to Easter. This is a spot for you to promote yourself, promote your work. It's okay. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Can you give us your pal email so people have access to it? Okay, so <laughs> my pal email is. 0958981 at hr.nl which is my school email or you can just reach me on my Instagram which is uh, at it's Carolina Bicina or you can just write uh, a DM to the Vidika publication station Instagram as well well Carolina thank you so much for being here with me today thank this is you. a great episode thank you I had a lot of fun <laughs> I hope my experience is useful. <laughs> this conversation is why I love making this podcast. I love learning about people. Even though Carolina and I graduated from the same program at the same time, different minors though, we had completely different experiences. And that's the ethos of this, that just because we go through the same things doesn't think we have the same exact experiences. And well, that's why I love making the show. I thoroughly recommend Carolina's graduation project. You'll find the link in the show notes, as well as other ways of contacting her. As you heard it, she's great. And I'm sure she'll be happy to support you in any way that she can. So thank you again, Carolina, for coming to the show. It was really an amazing time. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to say thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations. Please subscribe to the show, give it a review or give us feedback. It's always welcome. Are there questions you would like to ask creatives or do you have somebody you would like to recommend for the show? You can reach out to me on social media or email, which is all linked in the show notes. To close, thank you for listening again this week and I hope to be back in your ears very soon. Until then, keep learning and stay curious. Bye.